This is Top Floor episode 104. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 104. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast ride up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Welcome to the show. Tamina Wirt spent 10 years in hospitality jobs all over the world, while at the same time freelancing as a social media manager for all kinds of companies. One of her most instructive experiences was working alongside the project manager responsible for transforming a decommissioned military base into a resort in her native Germany. After stints in New Zealand, Las Vegas, and Switzerland, Tamina landed on the island of Cyprus, where she founded her company, Evolution. Today, Tamina and I are going to talk about how artificial intelligence can help with the hospitality staffing crisis. But before we jump in, we need to answer the call button. The emergency call button is our hotline for hospitality professionals and anybody else who has a question. If you would like to submit one, you can call or text me a voice memo to 850-404-9630. Today's question was submitted by Ralph. Here's what Ralph has to say. I am starting a new consulting firm and I only have the time, money, and interest in marketing on one social media platform. Which one should I pick? I thought you might have opinions about this because you also are marketing on social media and have been a social media manager before. So Tamina, tell me what you think. I'm right now going very broad. So I'm planning to go all over the place. But I would say right now I would jump on TikTok, which would not be the case for many people to say that. But I think the competition is the lowest in this area and so much more people are jumping on. We see a lot of 35 to 40 to 50 year old people. Even my mom, who's 70, uses TikTok now. So a lot of people are jumping on the platform right now. And I think it's the best way to grow organically. There, I spend a ton of time on TikTok and there's definitely a lot of business content. Like the people who think it's a dance channel are very, very, very out of date. I would also add, Ralph, that you might consider just using your personal LinkedIn page instead of creating an entire like platform for your company. Um, personal pages on LinkedIn outperform business pages significantly, and you can get a lot more reach using a personal profile. So you might just want to do that for a while until you ramp up and feel like you want to take on a major marketing initiative. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Very good one. I use LinkedIn as well a lot. And you have already the business professionals there. So that's definitely a very good way to go as well. Agree. So you started working as a waitress when you were only 14 years old. What do you think were the pros and cons of starting so young? 
So I think there are definitely more pros than cons. Okay, good. Because yeah, it's just like you learn so much to value money very differently when you work for it at a young age than just getting it from your parents. Because I started saving and actually also investing very, very early because it was my money and I didn't like to spend it on like going out, having drinks, like what all the other people did was like, I was working for that like a lot of hours and it's hard to be a waitress. (laughs) You learn to be responsible at a very young age. You learn to work hard. There was like all just very, um, that was all very good stuff. And I don't think there were really cons. Like maybe I had a little bit, maybe I had a little bit less time as a teenager, but I think it didn't hurt. (laughs) Gotcha. I wish I had been, had the same mindset that you did about not wanting to waste the money that you worked so hard for. (laughs) That was all I did was spend money on clothes. Like I remember my first job or one of my first jobs in high school was working in a movie theater and literally every single paycheck went straight to the body shop at the Panama City Mall where I bought whatever outfit I could afford for the week and then wore that. I mean, what a ridiculous idiot I was. <laughs> you have moved around a lot. You spent time, as we said, in New Zealand, in the US, and Switzerland. There's probably some more that I didn't include. And now you live in Cyprus. What has driven you to move so much? What has kind of been the driving force behind those moves? Yeah, so definitely the unknown. Fun fact is that when I was a child, I wouldn't even sleep at my friend's house who was just next door. I wouldn't even do that. So because I wanted to stay so close home. Mm -hmm. And then I became 18 And then I was just, I was going to my parents and I said, I want to go to Los Angeles and do a language course. Like just out of the blue, I just changed like that. And I loved it so much to see a different language, different people. Then after school, it was a little bit like, because everyone was doing it. Like after school, everyone was like going to New Zealand and Australia. So I did that too. But I liked it so much that I just keep moving around like every six six or eight months, I was moving until COVID. Then I had Mm -hmm. to stay someplace. But yeah, that was like pretty much like see all the cultures. That was so like interesting to me that I didn't even want to go home because home felt like so boring. What do your parents think? Do they get frustrated about the fact that you have lived so far away? Uh, Yes, definitely. Because my parents are actually my grandparents. They adopted me. So they are much older. So for them... It is like they don't understand. I explained them. I explained everything to them, but they don't really understand. They accept and they approve and everything, but uh, they don't fully understand. (laughs) Got it. So while working hospitality jobs to pay the bills, you were also a freelancer on the side, I think mostly doing social for a bunch of different companies. What was attractive to you about that work? Like, why did you want to do that on the side instead of doing it full time? Yeah, actually, I get that a lot because everyone was like, you could just have like this one job. And I never liked that. I was super afraid to stay in like a comfort zone because I saw a lot of people like going out of like college or something. And then they are in their job and then they're in their job and then they don't do anything else with their lives. 
And I didn't want that for myself. So mm-hmm. I was just moving around. And I also like the, the fact as a freelancer that I just don't work for somebody. I'm like a little bit more independent and I can make my own decisions. That's have always been something I like. Maybe that's why I like to have my own company as well. And yeah, that was basically the reason. Gotcha. So now I'm starting to see a pattern that basically your (laughs) jobs and the way that you were making money was really to support your wanderlust and traveling all around the world. That's what it sounds like to me, which makes a whole lot of sense. And I wish I had spent my 20s doing that for sure. Even though we, I think, have all at this point heard about artificial intelligence for a good number of years, it sort of got an extra rocket boost last fall when OpenAI's ChatGPT kind of burst on the scene and became available to the public. Since then, a zillion AI startups have popped up, including yours. Can you explain Evolution and how you got started? Yeah, definitely. So I jumped on the wagon like a lot of people as well. When AI came up, I was always a very big tech fan and I was just waiting for my time to shine. (laughs) So I spent my 20s like doing all this crazy stuff and have so much experience in so many industries. So I know a lot of problems in a lot of industries. And then AI came around the corner. I was like, wow, this can like solve so many problems and so many ways you can do like super good stuff for people. You can just um, make a company more efficient and still and save them money at the same time. I mean, who can say that about their offer? So that was just something I just like had to do. I was like, that's it. That's what I have been waiting for. (laughs) And what steps did you take to learn about it? Like, how did you figure it out? Yeah. So Luckily, I already had like a lot of knowledge with tech stuff, like a little bit coding and like figuring everything out myself, basically a lot of research um, capabilities that I had, which is very helpful if you want to learn something very fast. And then I just, I took like every course I could find. I signed up to every newsletter. I just consumed everything I had and sorted it kind of in my own mind. And um, yeah, basically self-study, but I always have been like self-studying, working and learning from working. That's like kind of my my thing. <laughs> Understood. You have positioned your company as a way to help the hospitality industry with staffing issues. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah, definitely. So I have my most experience in hospitality for sure. And I just saw firsthand how bad the like stuff prices is like all over the world. And I just saw such huge potential for AI to help your staff to be happier because fact is, if you're a leader, you probably don't know why your staff is quitting because they don't tell you the real reason. And I work with everyone in the industry and I know what they have been complaining about. Most of the time they say, oh, they just leave because the money is not good. But that's that's not really the reason. The reason is that they uh, they don't feel like you value their work. And then it comes down and then they say, I don't like the money. But they wouldn't say to you, I think I'm not valued here. And that's basically because they have too much work to do. 
and get paid too less and then they don't feel valued. I think that's the problem. So, and if you cannot pay your staff more, you should have a solution to make them work less or make their work easier. And you can easily do that with AI. Amazing. This sounds like a good time to remind you that Cherish Tours is planning a bunch of once-in-a-lifetime trips, including a Nordic getaway that includes three countries, a glamping trip to an out-of-the-way spot in Utah, and a safari in Tanzania. Cherish Trips are designed for women of all ages and walks of life, to have transformative adventures without the hassle of planning or traveling alone. One of the coolest parts about traveling with Cherish is that the excursions, the lodging, the meals are all arranged with local women in business. So you get an experience that is far more unique than a generic package tour. What I liked most of all was hanging with the other women on the trip. It was so gratifying to realize that we could have a blast together despite the fact that we came from very different backgrounds and perspectives. So if you want to have an experience like this, it's very easy to get started. The trip deposit is $500 and Cherish Tours offers payment plans to help you save up. Visit Cherish Tours to get all of the details. And just for Top Floor listeners, you can use the promo code TOPFLOOR to get $100 off. That's GoCherishTours.com, promo code TOPFLOOR. Okay, back to the show. We like to make sure that our listeners come away from each and every episode of Top Floor with some really specific practical tips and ideas, either to try in their businesses or their personal lives or both. So Tamina, I think it's one thing to understand AI and to really perfect your prompts so that they give you great results. And it's quite another to build and train an AI chatbot, which is part of what you do at Evolution. What were some of the specific things that you had to do to get the technology part right? Like, did you have to learn to code? I think you said you already knew how, so maybe you didn't have to learn. Yeah, definitely. So I had to learn a few more skills than I had. I knew coding on a basic level, but I got into it a little bit deeper. I'm not a big coder now, but I can see what the code is like doing. I maybe cannot write it myself, but I can understand, which is a big, big part to understand what AI can do and what it can't do. And then just building a very good network of developers, friends, and people in the industry who have been in the industry for much longer because AI is actually not a thing that has been just around for six months. It was around much longer and it has a lot to do with machine learning and all these fancy words, which people who like just want to implement it doesn't, don't have to understand, but someone who runs a company like me has to. And just like getting in touch with people who worked in, in these kinds of jobs and trained chatbots like ChatGPT, maybe not ChatGPT, but something like that, and, and who have done it themselves. That was a big um, win for me because I like to learn from people who like work in the industry. So I just built a big 
network of people who I can reach out to and who help me when I run into problems. And I ran into a lot of problems. <laughs> well, you know, we keep talking about chatbots, but I don't think I gave you the opportunity to explain exactly what your chatbot does. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and maybe describe how it helps hotel or hospitality employees and guests? Yeah, definitely. So we basically have two versions, one for the guests and one for your staff. We have one for your guests where you can like put it on your website or connect it to WhatsApp, for example, and guests can just type anything they want in there. For example, when are the breakfast hours, like a super simple thing or something a little bit more advanced, which could be like, we are a family of three people and we stay here for five days can you recommend us a day-by-day plan? And then the chatbot would say you can do on Monday this, this, and that. And then they can also do upsells. So they can say, oh, today you can go hiking. And then the chatbot also says, maybe you want to reserve a spot in our sauna tonight as well because you want to relax your muscles or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. And then what about the employee side? Yeah, so I think that's actually much better for the hotel. The one is a nice gimmick and the other one is like super valuable because you can train that chatbot on all your data, like everything you want to have in there, which is secure. It's just for you. It's not like ChatGPT and uh, then they know your data. And then your employees can use it to first um, when you onboard them, because a lot of people are very unhappy with onboarding processes in the hospitality industry. So they can just ask the chatbot and the chatbot gives the answers because they cannot know everything just by telling them once. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And they can also use it in the daily business for answering emails and everything like that. They can just, with a click of a button, it's answered and they just have to check if everything is right. And then they can send it, which will save them a lot of time and work. (laughs) I feel like you need to build one of those for just day-to-day people walking around like, which way should I go? What should I do? That would be amazing. (laughs) As someone who has moved all over the world, what advice would you give a traveler or an expat for really quickly getting to know a new destination? Yeah, so I have something that might be a little bit unusual, but I love it. I would travel solo, which I did like most of the time. And then I would meet locals over Tinder. I know that sounds super weird. (laughs) No, it makes sense. Yeah, but that's actually what I did. I always, I traveled solo when I arrived at the destination. I um, just went through Tinder and then a lot of men obviously text you. And then I'm like, hey, I just arrived here and I'm looking for um, some friends, like people who show me around. I never had a problem that anyone like tried something else. I was straightforward. I'm looking for friends, friendship here. And it always worked out. It was always super fun. They had all the secret places. And so you can get to know the locals, which was like super cool. That's amazing. That's a really good (laughs) hack and one that I have never heard before. So that'll go in the uh, top floor handbook for sure. We (laughs) have reached the fortune telling portion of the show. Now is when you get to predict the future, maybe wave your magic wand and we'll come back and see if you were right. What is one prediction that you have about the intersection of AI and hospitality? Yeah, so I think AI will take over a lot of systems in the 
hospitality, not everything. Like not, I don't think like robots will be just rocking around and no stuff <laughs> I is don't there. Either. I, I don't think that, but I think system wise, a lot will happen because basically all the systems I know or many systems are super outdated. They, they are super old. They have trouble working together. And I always thought that's already old. And I think AI can do a lot and can make these big companies, big competition. If you could wave your magic wand and create an AI tool other than the one that you've already created, what would it be? Is it my uh, guide to life chatbot? <laughs> Actually, it would be hotel related because I always wanted that when I worked in hospitality, one software for it all. Like... One software where you have like the channel manager, the booking system, the emails, everything technical in one place and controlled by AI, optimized for your biggest growth, your biggest revenue, because AI can predict it very, very well. Um, I would definitely do that. And I have my plans actually already, but it uh, needs an investor. So we will see if, <laughs> if we hear more about it. <laughs> well, I think you would make a lot of hotel staff dreams come true if you were able to build that. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed for you. What is next for you and what's next for your company? Yes. Yeah, so going international, not just Germany, which uh, I accomplished with this first... <laughs> Um, yeah, international um, talk to you. And um, yeah, just like have more people know about evolution, not specifically like sell, but right now I'm more about giving value and educate people on how they can use AI because many people still think they need a lot of money to do something good with AI, but they actually don't need that. It doesn't take a lot of money. It just needs a little bit knowledge. And I want to give that to especially the hospitality industry because I don't want to fall. I don't want them to fall behind again, like in other areas like social media. A lot of hotels are still behind on that. So yeah, I would love to like just give, give value, give knowledge to people and um, get myself out there and my company as well. That's awesome. You should also make an AI that will create social media content for hotels because it is such a slog and nobody likes doing it, but everybody needs to. That would be an amazing uh, computer robot. <laughs> yeah, actually, I could do that. So, <laughs> Well, uh, remember who gave you the idea to Mina when you become a multimillionaire? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> folks, before we tell Tamina goodbye, we are going to head down to the loading dock where all of the best stories get told. Going down. Tamina, what is a story you would only tell me on the loading dock? Yeah, so actually, two weeks after I started working as a waitress with 14, I quit because of a spider. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was there with this lady I work with and uh, we were outside like cleaning the windows and then there were two very big spiders and she was like, yeah, clean that. I was like, uh, no way, I'm not doing that. I'm sorry, I do everything. I don't want to sound like I don't do anything, but I did everything, but I draw the line by spiders. 
And then she told me, you can either remove them or you can go home. And then I said, okay, then thank you very much. And I went home. (laughs) And then then the owner called me. I was like, what happened? I told him and then he asked me to come back and talk about it. And then I ended up working there like my entire like, um, yeah, young years and it was fine, but that's a funny story. Oh the beginning God. of working. <laughs> well, that's a, maybe another one of the pros of starting when you're so young. Because you're like, look, I don't care. I don't have a lot invested here. If there is a spider, I am out. Goodbye. <laughs> Tamina Ward, thank you so much for being here. I know that our listeners were excited to hear about evolution and the tools that you've got ready for hoteliers. And I... I really appreciate you riding up to the top floor. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 104. Top Floor is produced by John Albano, who also composed and performed our elevated elevator music with vocals by Cameron Albano. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues after you leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. Have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode. 